Greetings, honorable battle brother. Brother, today we are going to discuss glorious Hawkman and the true meaning of Warhammer Christmas. Yes, the glorious Hawkboy himself. Yes. Sanguinius. Yep. And the Blood Angels. Yes. Will we talk about the Blood Ravens today? Probably. It might come up. Who knows? Did I almost did I almost say the Blood Ravens? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're already off to a great start. Let's see how long it takes for us to say Blood Ravens instead of Blood Angels. Fun fact. Yes, it will happen at least three times. Right. Um, Blood Ravens are, I think, it's contentious, but I'm pretty sure they're Thousand Sons' successor chapter. How? Yeah, traded gene seeds of fickle bitch. <laughs> like, you know how, like, the Minotaurs are Iron Warrior successors? Yeah. The Blood Ravens are Thousand Sons' successors. It's not confirmed. Okay. Um, but I remember... Somebody was talking about it, but the key giveaway is that the um, Horus Heresy era Thousand Suns models, you know, they used to be red before they were uh, blue. Right. Um, they allegedly used the same paint as the Blood Ravens. Oh. Which is huh. usually means association in Games Workshop eyes, because that if they're they're gonna find another reason to make you buy more paint if right. they needed you to. Right. Uh, but I think that was the whole. Uh, community theory was that they're actually Thousand Suns successors, which makes sense. I mean, they're insistent and persistent uh, acquisition of other people's shit <laughs> yeah. in search of the most powerful knowledge and all shit like that. Yeah, but that that's sense. not why we're here today. We're here to talk about the space vampires known as the Blood yes. Angels. I'm not exaggerating. They're basically vampires. There are several, every single one of them, single one of their known descended chapters all have the words either blood or angels in them, with such brilliant titles as the Knights Sanguine, the Templars of Blood, the Sanguine Host, the Blood Dragons, the Blood Drinkers, the Blood Legion, the Blood Scythes, the Blood Swords, the Blood Wings, and the Lamenters. We get to talk about the Lamenters today. We did talk about the Lamenters previously, uh, but we would definitely reinforce Oh, absolutely, them. yeah. Now we get to talk about the Lamenters proper. Because they are just so sad. Yeah. We here at the Battle Brother cast believe that the Lamenters should get something. Because they don't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> except, except more and more shit. Yes. So, before we talk about... The Glorious Vampire Legion, we must first discuss their glorious angel primarch, Sanguinius. Yes. Uh, so, Sanguinius was the ninth. I would like to formally make an apology to, to my battle brother Anicius for the previous episode and the mis this mislabeling of this whole situation. Uh, Avery forgot how to read, and... I like how you, the way you said that made it sound like you're editing that in in post. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Very cool. Sanguinius uh, was the ninth son of the emperor. He was the primarch of the Blood Angels, obviously. Yes. Um, the big thing about Sanguinius is he had a physical mutation where the other primarchs' mutations driven from chaos and their abduction from the chaos gods... Uh, were all rather internal. Uh, uh, Sanguinius literally had wings. He had angelic feather wings. Yes. Um, that were he you, he could fly with them. He yes. could control and perpetrate flight with his wings, uh, which is a rather cool ability to have. According to all known laws of aviation, the Sanguinius should not be able to fly. His wings are too. His wings are not of the correct diameter and wingspan in order to get his giant muscular body off the ground. The Sanguinius, of yeah. course, flies anyway, because Sanguinius doesn't care what you think is possible. We're going to stop quoting the B-movie now, okay? <laughs> okay? Okay. Good good talk. <laughs> so, Sanguinius would fall on Ball Secundus. Yes. Um, Ball spelled B-A-A-L, because yes. space. Yes. Um, he obviously had wings. He would grow up. He would literally, he looked like an angel, and everybody referred to him as the angel. Right. Um, Ball was a shit place. Yes. Ball was a really bad place. It was like a radiated desert, from yeah. what I understand. Right, yes. Um, full of vampires. Full of vampires. 
not a great place to be. I just ever. want to point out the way they spell ball is not. It's ball as in the false idol of biblical fame. Yes, exactly. Yes, which is odd. Yes, wonderful job. They just wanted something that sounded cool yeah, and edgy. I guess so. They guess wanted so. like a blood god that wasn't corn, and they're like, "What's the first? Oh, uh, ball. Yes, perfect. Ball. That's it. Or bale, if you want to say it like that. Yeah, yeah I guess you could. Um, every pronunciation I've heard was just ball, but like. It's words. Words are fake. Yes. You can pronounce them any way you want. Language is a lie. Language is a lie. Um, so he would uh, kind of... He was obviously angelic, so he could perpetrate himself as the leader of this civilization. Yeah. There wasn't much civilization on Ball. Um, right. they, were, they were very tribal, uh, but eventually yeah. uh, there was uh, mutants yes. on the planet that Sanguinius united the people under so that he could um, basically fight back against the in- incurring mutant horde. Yes. Uh, he obviously was worshipped as a divine being because he was a 14-foot-tall giant with wings. Yes. I would, personally. <laughs> and whatever. also, fun fact, um, the tribe that he, of humans that he was adopted by were known as the people of the pure blood, or simply the blood. Isn't that convenient? Yes. Subtle, um, subtle job, G-dubs. Subtle. Yeah, good, great. Good job. <laughs> so eventually the Emperor would come and rescue Sang... Not really rescue. He would re- re- reunite with Sanguinius. Yes. Uh, and the Great Crusade would begin. Time he out. would be re... I would yes. like to make one more point. Uh, this is one of those moments where the Emperor decided to not be a dick. Yes. Um. Fun fact. It's almost like he knows who is going to be a good son and who is going to betray him and stab him in the back like a piece of shit. Except so for like Horus. Except for Horus. No. No, he knew that one was going to happen. But he was still nice to Horus. Yeah, because, I don't know, Great, the great plan. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Sanguinius could also see the future. Yeah. Which is fun. Um, we talked about this in the Conrad Kurz episode. Um, go listen to that if you haven't. Uh, but basically, Conrad Kurz could see, like, the worst possible interpretation of the future, whereas Sanguinius literally just saw what was about to happen. Uh, he could, like, dream and, like, prophesize big events that were happening. Um, Mm -hmm. like, he knew exactly when he was going to die. Uh, After, um, the, uh, heresy kicked off and he was in Imperium Secundus, he was haunted by dreams of how he was going to die. So he would act, like, really recklessly, because he knew... I'm not going to die right now. And, like, especially during the Siege of Terra, this is talked about, where Sanguinius would literally just fly around the battlefield and just start just cutting fuckers down. And Rogel was like, Sanguinius, you need to, you need to stop this. You're going to die. And Sanguinius just said, nah, I'm not going to die today. And then he would continue, like, like he solo killed, like, four titans. <laughs> like, four, like, like war, uh, warhound titans, like the smallest variety. Uh... He literally just, there was a scene in, uh, the first wall, uh, I think, uh, where he, he would just swoop down, like, stab one, like, through the head, and then cut the legs off two more, and he would, he killed, like, a pack of four Warhound Titans on his own. Wow. Yeah, because he knew he wasn't gonna die. (laughs) Like, Sanguinius, what are you doing? This is incredibly, incredibly rash. Don't worry, Rogel. I've read ahead in the book. I don't die for another couple of books. Exactly. He knew he wasn't going to die till the end of the series. <laughs> um, but yeah, so back to Ball. Uh, once the, um, the Emperor landed and the Sanguinius was reunited with his father, um, Ball was sort of kept the same. <laughs> um, they weren't really, like, given, like, Caliban was, like, they, they brought terraformers onto that planet. They brought industry. They didn't really do much to Ball because it was like, well, a radioactive wasteland. <laughs> Alternatively, it could have just been like, like, you see this planet full of weird vampire people? That's cool as hell. Let's keep it that way forever. Let's keep it that way. You need a thing. Every, every, all your brothers have things. You need a thing, too. <laughs> Vampires can be your thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Gene Seed for a second, because the Gene Seed had some flaws, like most other other Gene Seeds. Yeah. Um, but the 
like we're talking about, the vampires. Um, so, Blood Angel's gene seed had this tiny, tiny flaw where sometimes if a Blood Angel uh, was like pushed beyond a limit or experienced significant trauma or whatever, whatever, um, they would go into this thing called the Red Thirst, uh -huh. where they would drink blood. Mm -hmm. They'd go into a vehement rage and slaughter and kill everything in their path. Well, not not so much that, but they they required the um, to drink blood, and you know yeah. as you do. Yeah. Uh, this was referred to as the Great Flaw, uh, the Red Thirst, um, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Um, but the only people who knew about this, obviously, were the Blood Angels, uh, Sanguinius. I would imagine the Emperor, because he knows everything, <laughs> um, and Horus, because. Ah. During a campaign, Horus oversaw, who was chilling with his brother, and Sanguinius got word that one of the legionnaires basically went into the Red Thirst during this engagement, and Sanguinius had to mercy kill his legionnaire in front of Horus. Right. And he looked at Horus and was like, don't tell anyone, please. <laughs> because he knew if the Emperor knew, then... He, His, would, he would scrub him. He would scrub him for he would everything. Ha he would scrub him like the second and the, the eleventh Primarch. Or yeah. second and twelve? I forget. He would... Twelve. He would... The Bloody Angels would fold into non-existence. Yes. Where did that come from? Because from what I'm seeing, it's... It started so... They had anger problems, but the red so thirst they, happened when Sanguinius fought Cabanda. They were... Um... They were always like fucking merciless. Like they were yeah. bloodthirsters. They like, were known as the eat the corpse eaters. Exactly. Ex exactly. The eaters of the um, dead. Yes. Uh, during the unification wars, yes. right? Yep. Um, what the word, what the world eaters would become is what the blood angels used to be, and huh. they um, became more civilized and more chill when Sanguinius was reunited, but they used to be, like, fucking, like, ridiculous berserkers. Right. Uh, which they knocked off. Some of them stopped doing yeah. once they were re reunited. Some. They were deployed Some. to such hellish backwaters as the planet Neptune. Yeah. Yeah, during the re reunification of Sol, right? Yep. Um, so, like that, um... So I guess we could talk about some notable heresy era. I'm going to talk about two sure. significant legionnaires. Sure. Um, the first one is Ralderon. Uh-huh. Ralderon was the, basically the coolest son of a bitch to ever exist. Right. Um, he was the one, when we talked about um, the Night Lords, there was an uppity bastard by the name of Gen Gendor Scryvok. Uh-huh. Who was like, I have this fancy demon sword, I will kill you now. And uh, Ralderon kicked the shit out of him. Yes. Ralderon was like the greatest swordsman. He was like, he was up there with like Sigismund in like importance in the Horus Heresy and uh, the great the Siege of Terra novels. Um, uh -huh. He was just a cool motherfucker, and he was in charge of the Sanguinary Guard, right? Which was uh, Sanguinius's personal bodyguard, right? The other one I want to talk about is a neat little boy by the name of. Um, Dante? No, Dante's... Uh, no, actually, Dante was alive here. You're right. Yeah. You're, you're actually right. Dante was a line... Uh, was a basically a line legionnaire at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but Dante is the oldest living um, legionnaire to ever exist. He's, he's the, now the chapter master of the Blood Angels in the modern storyline, yep. in the modern 42nd millennium, um, and as well as the... Basically, the leader of Imperium Secundus? Yes. I forget what they refer to it as, but when Gilliman came back uh, yeah. after being revived, uh, he basically I don't know divided the Imperium. Yeah, it's basically Imperium old Imperium Nihilus. Secundus. Nihilus, that's it. You're right, you're right, you're right. Which is the northern regions of the uh The Dark universe. Imperium. Yeah. Um, so the one I wanted to talk about was Nasir Amit. 
Nasir Amit had a fun nickname. Can you guess what the nickname was? Um, Sanguinius Jr. <laughs> no, he was called the Flesh Terror. Oh! As and in him, the as Flesh in, Terrors. As in the Flesh Terrors, correct. Um, so he was the, uh, the chapter master of the fifth company uh-huh. of the, um, the Blood Angels. Yes. And the fifth company were known to be like the dudes who like you did not want to have a drink with Uh these guys were so bloodthirsty karn had um karn had like when they heard that nasir mitt was called the flesh terror karn was like oh okay and then (laughs) karn was uncomfortable by these guys (laughs) no for those of you who don't know the flesh terrors scare the orcs Yes. The, the orcs. orcs the orcs will legitimately just retreat a system if they know Gabriel Seth and the Flesh Terrors are there. <laughs> They're Which that is scary. Something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Nasir Amit was a uh, a dude at this time. He would later become uh, the chapter master of the Flesh Terrors chapter right. after right. the um, the second founding. Right. Which means that the Flesh Terrors are actually one of the oldest successor chapters of the Blood Angels. Right. Uh, they're always just batshit nuts. Yes. They suffer from something we're going to talk about. I guess right now. Yeah. So, the because heresy would continue on. We have to talk on. about Cabanda. We have to talk about Cabanda. Yeah. Um, the, and, uh, Cygnus Prime. Yes. So, the heresy would kick heresy, the fucking we'll heresy. call it the heresy. Oh my god. Call it the heresy, it's funny. <laughs> So the Horsey would kick off, um, and with the Dropsite Massacre, well, first the Atrocity of Isfan 3, and then the Dropsite Massacre at Isfan 5. Um, yeah. but the Blood Angels were nowhere near this. Where were the Blood Angels, you might ask? Well, just like how Horus removed, um, the first Primarch, Lionel Johnson, from the situation by putting him on a mission way out in the Thramas sector, uh, he sent Sanguinius to Cygnus Prime where there was some demon stuff happening. And the reasoning he sent uh, Sanguinius here is because he wanted, Horus wanted Sanguinius to fall to Korn. He wanted Sanguinius and the Blood Angels to become corrupted by Cornish influence, Cornet influence. Yes. Cornish. 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 And uh, basically fall to their bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a uh, huge ambush. They would... Uh, they thought they were fighting Xenos called the Nephilim, which is again, ironic biblical naming convention here, GW, because obviously, for those of you who don't know, Nephilim is a uh, a biblical term, I believe, for this, the the, um, the offspring of a human and an angel. Yes. Um, so way to be subtle there, I guess. Yes. Um, Well done, G-dubs. Well done. Um, so they would be, uh, ambushed by the greater demon of Korn, uh, by the name of Kabanda. Not Kabanda um, yet. They fought some, they fought a demon of Slanesh called Chris well, the Perverse. Well, they fought him afterwards after, actually. Oh, um, did. so huh. th- there was, there was kind of, it was a chaos undivided at this point. The chaos uh, gods were like, all right, yeah. we need to back our boy Horus now. Yeah. Just um, throw all the shit at him, see what happens. Yes. So I believe first it was Kabanda. Right. Uh, Kabanda is a prevalent interesting force throughout the Horus Heresy and now Modern 40k where he's just always fucking there. He's like Scarbrand. <laughs> he's just he's just always there. We don't know why. Um, but um, the uh, Cabanda would lead, would basically invite Sanguinius to challenge him uh, because Sang- he wanted to kick the shit out of Sanguinius and prove that Corrin is better or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... So Sanguinius was uh, basically knocked out by this uh, by Cabanda during an engagement. Sanguinius was knocked into unconsciousness. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, some of Sanguinius's boys didn't feel great. <laughs> um, they went into the red thirst, um, and we're starting to see the fringe of something else. Like this wasn't just the red thirst. Like there was, this was more rage driven. Yes. More 
black rage driven. Anyway. I just want to um, point something out because I'm on Lexicanum as we are talking. Um, okay. As it turns out, before Sanguinius fought Cabanda, he fought um, a greater demon of Slanesh called Kyrus the Perverse. Chris the that, Perverse. Yes, Chris. We're going to call him Chris. Horny Chris. So Horny Chris. Horny Chris. Yeah, so Sanguinius thought Horny that- Chris and the No Touch Me Boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Sanguinius thought that Horny Chris and the No Touch Me Boys were actually a race of aliens. During this fight, because Korn hates Slanesh for reasons- um, Korn was like, hey, buddy. Very obvious reasons. Yeah. Very obvious reasons. Yes. There's no, you don't have to delve into that one. Yes, just like, hey, buddy, you see this thing? It's gross, right? You want to kill it with an axe? And he was like, no, the emperor, no. Just leave me alone. Go away. And then so, that was when Sanguinius met Cabanda. Because Cabanda okay. was, started talking to Sanguinius and trying to turn him to Korn. And then... Then he fought Cabanda. They fought in the air. It was a glorious fight. Duel of the Fates was playing. They were both flying. Everything was on fire. It was a good time. Unless you were a blood angel, at which point it was probably the worst time anyone could ever have. <laughs> yes, yes, probably. Um, but eventually the, um, the librarians were able to bring uh, Sanguinius back from this comatose state. Um, they fought. Everybody fought. There was fighting. Uh, and then there was a choice given to Sanguinius. And basically there was this beacon, this fire, that Sanguinius could step into. And if he stepped into it, he would die. Uh, but the genetic flaws of the Blood Angels would be basically erased. They'd be gone. The Blood Angels would continue to live as they are, perfectly fine. Uh, without the Red Thirst or the eventual Black Rage. Um, actually, that's a good, that's a good point. I don't think I thought about that. If Sanguinius just sacrificed himself here, wouldn't the Black Rage be introduced even earlier? Good point. Yes, exactly. Because if they freaked out when he was oh, unconscious, okay. what would have happened if he yeah. died? But that, now that I'm thinking about it, that was literally the plan. Yes. That was literally the plan. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but he would, he was given this choice, either live uh, don't walk into the fire and your boys stay this cursed legion forever. Walk into the fire, you die, but your boys are good. Um, but before Sanguinius, Sanguinius was willing to just do it. He's like, fuck it, for my sons, I'll do this. Because Sanguinius was a, was one of the only good dads in the entire 40k yes. setting. Yes. Um, he was about to step into this fire. And then Apothecary Maros, this fucking mad lad, who was a minor character in like three chapters of the book, swan dives into the rage fire and gets consumed by this fire and is taken over by a demon that was literally in the fire. So basically what Chaos's plan here, what Horus's plan, or I guess it was not Horus. The What's plan the of the name? fourth dimensional warp spaghetti asshole, Sinch. Erebus, Erebus the, the chaplain. Ah, um, this was Aaron's their, their, plan. Their plan was so that was Sanguinius steps into this fire, gets consumed by the demon that was in the fire. Sanguinius turns into basically a demon prince of Corin, unwillingly, um, and the blood angels fall to Corin because their primarch is dead, ish, yeah. dead adjacent. Yeah, and the, the psychic um, backlash of. Sanguinius right. being possessed probably just kicked them with, into something with, much more horrible than the Black Rage. Yeah, they'd be like Black Rage constantly. Yeah. Like, Death Squad black, like, levels of Black Rage. Yes. Like, constantly. So that they would... Horus would have his... his... his Coronet Legion. He'd yeah. have the... they'd all turn. Um, but what happened instead was Maros was turned into this thing called the Red Angel, which only appeared two or three times in the Horus Heresy. Um, but basically, he was consumed by this demon and um, was not doing great. He basically was... Maros's consciousness was essentially erased. There's still, like, fragments of it, but my guy was pretty much dead. And he became a vessel for a demon host. And the demon pledged himself to horse. Uh. Uh, it was... Yeah, it was shitty. It was shitty all around. Yeah. Uh, but upon seeing this, Sanguinius literally cut the head off Chris... And he's like, all right, Horace, let's fucking go. <laughs> and uh, he would swore vengeance eternal on Horace Lupercal. Yep. 
as he should have. Yes. And it was at that um, point that Rogaldorn's message of Horus has done the fuck. We need to fight him now. Horus has done the fuck. <laughs> Just like uh, the fucking all your base are someone has done us the fuck. It is Horus. Yes. Come back it to is Terra Horus. immediately. Yes. So they were given the warning. Obviously, they knew the the full brutality of the heresy already, but um, they were given the warning to come back to Terra. Uh, but some other stuff on a planet called Kalth was happening, uh, which created this thing called the Ruin Storm, which cut um, the Ultra Ultramar, the 500 worlds of Ultramar, off from the rest of the galaxy. And unfortunately, the Blood Angels were stuck in this kind of frenzy. Right. Um, so, uh, upon obviously seeing this, Sanguinius turns his fleet around and travels for McCrag. Yep. Where he reunites with his brothers, uh, Gilliman and Bob and Lionel Lion Johnson. White. Yes, exactly. Um, where they created this thing, rather, Gilliman created this thing, uh, with the consent of these two, um, he created this thing called Imperium Secundus. And our boy Sanguinius was crowned the new emperor. Or emperor regent. Whatever. He Giant was given emperor. the... Same he great tyranny, half the calories. <laughs> exactly. No, I think Sanguinius was, was the only one who I would like legitimately say could probably actually rule. That's true. He is kind of written in such a way as to be perfect and without flaw. Yeah, which is on purpose, because he's about to die. Yeah, he is the um, Jesus. Yes, he literally has god wings, so... <laughs> um, he eventually um, would have that conversation we talked about with Conrad Kurz during his terror campaign across McCrag. Yeah. Um, but eventually they got their shit together, they found out that the Emperor was not dead, and that instead they need to make all due haste towards... Uh, Terra right. for the siege that was about to happen. Yes. Uh, they would get delayed by Magnus, uh, but uh, Gilliman and the Lion basically hold off any kind of advance so that uh, Sing Sanguinius could uh, expedite his way to Terra. Right. And eventually he would arrive before the siege with a, bulk, a good bulk of the Blood Angels. And they would be there for the Siege of Terra. Yeah. During during the siege, uh, Sanguinius was, like I said, a force of nature unto himself. He would basically just kill shit relentlessly. Yes. Um, read the Siege of Terra novels if you haven't, because they are amazing so far. I haven't finished Mortis yet, um, which is the newest release, I believe. Um, but it's very good. The other ones have been very good. Read them, please. All right. So Sanguinius um, prophesied his incoming death on the bridge of the the War Master's ship, the Vengeful Spirit. I could not think of the name. Ah, I was gonna call it something stupid like the Maximum Fuck. That's it. That's no. That's it. No, the 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 ship is just called the Horacy now. <laughs> Horus, Little Horus, and of course, Horus's flagship, Horus Jr. Yeah, the ship is called Horus Jr. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sanguinius, so we don't know what happens, yeah. but Sanguinius, the Emperor, Rogel Doran, uh, and some legionaries, and Alanis Pius, yes. for some reason, uh, <laughs> all teleport onto the bridge of the Vengeful Spirit, yeah. but the gods of chaos are like, hoo hoo, fuck you, and they get sent to different parts of the ship. Yes. So Sanguinius faces off against his brother exactly where he foresaw his death. Yeah. A allegedly they fight. We don't know. Allegedly Horus kills Sanguinius. We don't know. Um, allegedly the Emperor stands dramatically while Horus poses evil. I am while Sanguinius looking looks at, at the, the like, picture. Of course you are. What else could you do in this mo Allegedly. The Emperor stands regally while Sanguinius has the most herpaderp 80s badly painted model face. Because yep. he got his shit kicked in by That's Horus. It. Allegedly, of course. We know nothing for certain. Only Malkador knows the truth. 
But Malkador is dead at this point because he turns to dust because he was sitting on the golden throne. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's why the that's why the emperor is allowed to get up and do this because huh. if he got up and left the golden throne just sort of there, uh, Terra would be literally ripped a ha in half along with the rest of the soul system, <laughs> and demons would murder fuck everything into ex out of existence. <laughs> he would basically create another Eye of Terra. Centered around the golden the the golden throne of and the course. throne room of Terra. <laughs> so that's so, what happens to Malkador. Malkador sits down and basically takes the brunt of this psychic effort mm -hmm. to hold the gates while the Emperor personally spanks Horus into out of existence. Uh -huh. Um but in the effort, Malkador is consumed by the energy that is flowing through him, and he is turned to dust. Ah. After he dies, uh, he is referred to now and forever as Malkador the hero. Malkador the Sigilite is no more. Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. Yes. Malkador's dead. He turns to dust. Long live um, Malkador the Sigilite is dead. Long live Malkador the hero. Long live Malkador the hero. Exactly. Um, so, Sanguinis is dead, and this death sends a tremor from the point to everywhere in the galaxy that yeah. all the Blood Angels hear. And yes. the Blood Angels get so fucking angry <laughs> that they just kill... Everything. <laughs> they enter the state called the Black Rage, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. This Black Rage, um, basically changes their perception of reality, where they get this heightened state of aggression. Like they're already Space Marines. Yeah. But they get a heightened. They got be. They become super super Space Marines. Uh, and they see everything basically in this black and white kind of framing yes. where the good guys are they appear as sanguineous and the bad guys appear as Horus or no they they think that they are sanguineous and the bad guys appear as Horus and they have to kill Horus <laughs> they have to kill Horus and <laughs> And they absolutely will. <laughs> just so deploy, that's what the black rage is. Just deploy a bunch of these guys on like an us like a like an agro world that hasn't paid their taxes yet, and then they just so, kind of start screaming like, "Look!" And they point at like an orphanage. It's Horus. It's a building-sized Horus. We need to kill it now. Like, so quickly, interesting on point to Horus. Interesting point is once a member of the Blood Angels falls to this Black Rage after this point, um, they basically get tranked up like elephant tranquilizers. <laughs> they knock you the fuck out. They put you in a closed box with other dudes that are suffering from the same mental condition. They put a chaplain in with you in a drop pod and you sit in the drop pod until like shit hits the fan and then they drop you on the fucking planet whatever battle zone that's about to be wiped away from the face of existence and this death company they're called uh are literally just made up of battle brothers suffering from the black rage right they do their thing they probably don't die because god damn it no wonder these fucking things f fucking flipping and shit over a battlefield killing everything in sight right um but after the black rage is done uh the chaplain has the duty of basically putting down all of the battle brothers yeah if they didn't die in battle then they basically get mercy killed by the chaplain huh. now gabriel seth uh-huh didn't like that very much so about a <laughs> Uh, a couple thousand years later, uh, yeah, Gabriel Seth is now the chapter master of the Flesh Terrors chapter. Uh-huh. Gabriel Seth is a scary motherfucker. Gabriel Seth witnessed, uh, a chaplain of the Blood Angels, uh, put down the members of this death company. Right. And said, bro, if you do that again, I'm declaring war on you. <laughs> like, my chaplain, like, my chapter... We're gonna fuck you up. And the chaplain was like, alright, bro, fucking come at me. The chaplain beats the shit out of Gabriel Seth and then says, if you ever come at me like that again, your chapter's getting fucking wiped away from existence. <laughs> yeah. 
so Damn. it's an interesting yeah 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 it's an interesting dilemma that that's going on because that's the flesh terrors thing we can talk about that now so yes. the flesh terrors we touched on them were this originally the fifth company of the uh battle of the blood angel legion they eventually became their own chapter right it became during the second founding they became a successor chapter of the um blood angels legion mm -hmm. chapter whatever um yeah. they are almost permanently in a state adjacent to the black rage right um and the red thirst yes and they are just angry <laughs> all the time and they will kill everything always does that i think that covers it up right yeah that pretty much does I, it i want to talk briefly about the the red thirst um, okay because i have lexicanum open and i'm learning so many new things like if they don't resist the red thirst they become bat gorillas Quote. amazing where is it? Blah, 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 blah. Quote, On the other hand, if a blood angel does not resist the red thirst at all, he will eventually mutate into a monstrous form, with fangs instead of teeth, walking on all fours like a gorilla, and a bat-like face. So you've ever seen, like, the, mo the vampires from the movie Priest? Yeah. That. I have, but actually. But jacked up. I like to think of uh, Ball as... Have you ever seen the... The Riddick movies? Yes. With Vin Diesel? Yes. Pitch Black, the first Riddick movie, I think? Yeah. Pitch Black, they literally, like, it's a nightmare planet yeah. with, like, dark, uh, that's, it's dark, like, every day of the year yeah. for, like, 364 days, and these fucking vampire bat things are flying around everywhere? Yep. That's what I think of Ball as, and it yes. frightens me. It should. The Blood Drinkers, a successor chapter. Oh. Are we just... No, go please. No, because I just read this. This is hilarious. They have a ritual where they start by drinking blood that is donated from serfs, but they end with eating a prisoner alive. That's such a war crime. <laughs> the death of this one prisoner is more satisfying than blood from a hundred serfs. They also bottle yeah. blood. They, their serfs donate blood. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, the flesh terrors, or the flesh eaters. Yeah. They're an interesting one. Fun fact: their um, chapter signi signifier, their like iconography. Yes. Literally looks like an orc. Like uh, it looks like an orc thing. Like the orc teeth. Yeah. Exactly. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, but they eat things. Uh huh. They eat the flesh of the bodies of like the things that they kill. Uh huh. Um, there's an old TTS skit. Where the flesh terrors eat the body of orcs, and when they eat the bodies of the orcs, that they um, they, they hallucinate they hallucinate the the embodiment of Sanguinius. Yes. So they fucking they eat like they eat like thousands of orcs, <laughs> so that they could trip so hard. That they see that's, their dad that's, again. Because that's the joke is because mushrooms, they're. The orcs are made of mushrooms. Orcs are just big fungi, fun yes. fact. Uh, so that they're tripping out by eating them. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Lamenters are sad. Yes. Now we can actually properly talk about them. Uh, yeah, so they're sad. Give me a minute. I want to go to their wiki page so I can just read off some of the names. Oh, uh, there's a brief thing on here. Notable conflicts. Just literally the war on murder. Yeah, so murder was a interesting situation. That was during the heresy, uh, yes. before the heresy, right. uh, in the months leading to the heresy, um, where these things called mecha arachnids lived, uh, and these were just big spider bat dragon things. So to our know. Australian listeners, and we know yes. you're here, uh, it's literally just the, you know that thing that you have in your back the, you know the things you have in your backyard imagine if they all fucked in a giant pile this is what came this is what comes out of it they're basically yeah. fucking zerg monsters yeah they're, they're basically they're they're basically just zerg monsters yep um and they like so it was such a bad place to be that not only did um the emperor's children 
uh, engage on the planet, and like Eidolon and like uh, Salt Tarvitz and Lucius were all there. Um, the Luna Wolves dropped in. I think they were still the Luna Wolves at this point. Dropped in with uh, Garrick Torgaden, uh, and like like a third of the Luna Wolves Legion, and like the Blood Angels sent in like six companies. And it was just such a fucking horrible thing to be in that um, Sanguinius and Horus both dropped down onto the planet to fight. <laughs> not a good time to be. Not no. a good. Not a good place to be. No kidding. All right. So now that we're at the Lamenters, we can finally talk a little bit more about the Badab War. I was literally just going to talk about Luftiran. Sweet. Let's talk. So. Okay, the Lamenters, these poor sons of bitches, uh, they have this un unlucky trait where they are just unlucky. They'll just run out of bullets sometimes. They'll just jam their guns sometimes. Sometimes their fog, their lenses will fog up for no reason at all and they won't be able to see anything. They can only ever roll ones. They only roll ones, sometimes their engines just stall out. Sometimes their fucking shields don't regenerate for some reason. <laughs> their Geller fields just flicker sometimes. It doesn't make sense. They're part of the curse founding is why. Yes. I don't know what was happening, but they fucked up. Somebody rolled a the, one. Somebody rolled a one when they should have rolled a six. Those stupid fuckers. Um, so they just weren't great. Now, the Lamenters also had this thing where nobody else wanted to be around them because they were just very unlucky. Yes. So they didn't have any friends. And you know, not like having friends... standard tabletop people, if you find out some... Like, you're here, you know how to play... You've played a tabletop game in the past. You know that if you meet the guy who doesn't roll above a one ever, you don't let him touch any of your stuff. Don't let him touch any of your stuff if you do. Yeah. Because he will contaminate all of your things with his bad luck. Yes, that's exactly what happened, but on a military, like, but imagine that, but like an army. Yeah. Everybody so was not like, gross, cringe, curse. So not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. Not a great time to, for them. Yes. Um, but they eventually made some friends. Yes. Uh, there's a segment of space called the, uh, the Maelstrom Zone. Yes. The Maelstrom Autonomous Collection Resource Zone, or whatever, whatever. Whatever. We're not Arch Warhammer. We don't... Fuck yeah. him. We're um, not a professional <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So, Lufthuron was uh, the chapter master of it, of the Astral Claws chapter. Right. Um, the Astral Claws were these boys who were part of this loose confederation of space marine chapters in this Meltrum zone called the Warders. Yes. The, the Astral Claws led the Warders, and they all had, like, basically the duty to protect this uh, autonomous zone, this resource allocation zone, where there were very heavily dense, uh, valuable resources in this region, and the Astral Claws and their associated chapters were um, basically there to protect the trade route. Right. Um... And there was just some problems in this region um, where the Left Huron decided that he just wasn't going to pay his taxes anymore. <laughs> he basically said, fuck it, they don't need this, this is mine now. And I am severely oversimplifying this. <laughs> Uh, but Left we could talk about this. Said taxation is theft. <laughs> he said ta he went super libertarian and said taxation's theft. This is mine now. Um, and he stopped paying his taxes. Mm -hmm. And nobody cared for like a good 10, 15 years, except like the neighboring zones who like required these resources to produce shit. Yeah. Uh, so like there was it was literally a legal battle for like not maybe 120 years. Where, like, they would send representatives to the High Lords of Terra, they'd bicker, they'd argue, they'd go back. Ten years later, they'd come back, they'd bicker, they'd argue about fucking legal treaties and whatnot, and trade agreements that were fucking three centuries old, and back and forth, back and forth. It was Space Marine Phoenix Wright for, like, ten years. If, so basically, they 
just kept arguing, and all the while, Luft Huron was just building shit. Um, he created this thing called the Iron Ring, uh, basically reinforcing the area around Badab Primaris, right. where his... Click Luft Huron's name in this list. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna do background research. Hmm. He would reinforce, he would train his own Imperial Guard Regiment. Right. And, or like, regiment equivalents, called the, the Tyrant's Guard, the Tyrant's Legion. Yeah. Um, and he styled himself as the Tyrant of Badab, which is not a great thing to associate yourself with. Like, if you were the Lamenters here, and this dude just started, like, started calling himself the Tyrant, I wouldn't really just keep chilling with him. He called, um, started but, calling himself Huron Blackheart, too. He didn't call himself Huron Blackheart until way after this war ended. Oh. Um, but yes, he would eventually... Yeah. Um, huh. So, not only did Huron start building um, this Tyrant's Guard and this Iron Circle, he started acquiring Exterminatus-grade weaponry. <laughs> Which is never a good thing for a man called the Tyrant of Badab to start gathering. He basically went full Saddam Hussein and started creating weapons of mass destruction. Um, not a great thing. No. But the Lamentiers were here for it, I yeah. guess. Hey, when Probably you don't have like, a lot of friends, you take what friends Please be my you... friend. Look, I have personal experience with this. You have personal experience with what happens when you keep your friends who are assholes. Yeah. You know, yep. you, you have story. You know so, what happens. <laughs> I know what not this only, feels like. Not only did they start doing this, but they started growing. Like, the tyrants, or the Astral Claws, became, like... So, chapters are limited to, by the Codex Astartes, to a thousand Battle Brothers. Mm -hmm. Well, the Astral Claws grew to about 35,000, 3,500 to 4,000-ish. Wow. Which is... That's quite, quite illegal. A bit more. So they started just, they weren't giving over. Every chapter is required to turn in uh, stockpiles of gene seed to right. the Mechanicus for inspection. Right. Um, so to keep like mutation at a limit, you know, you yeah. can't, you're not falling to chaos, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it's just like a doctor checkup. Yeah. Uh, but instead of turning that over for inspection, he just didn't. He just kept it, and he would just make new legionnaires, and they grew and they grew. They also absorbed an old successor chapter of theirs called the Firehawks. I'm looking through stuff. Do the Fire do. Claws, Phoenix Talons. Some, some claw, some, some. The, the names are stupid. <laughs> um, the Tiger Claws. Yeah. Tiger Claws. That was it. That was it. Fuck. Um, so yeah, they would, they absorbed the Tiger Claws back into their legion because of some weird time paradox thing that happened to them, but doesn't matter. Yeah. They grew, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Um, they grew, and they eventually went to war with the Imperium, which is never something you want to do. Right. Um, but the, the, the fucking Lamenters were there, they were there for it. Yeah. Uh, along with the Mantis Warriors... Um, for a short time, the Executioners, I believe, um, and the Astral Claws, yeah. which eventually came, became the... Red Corsairs. The Red Corsairs. He would eventually don the name of Huron Blackheart after this war ended, um, but yes. And the Lamenters had the very fortunate pairing of the Carcaridons. <laughs> the Carcaridons Astra, the Space Sharks. Yeah. They yeah, fought so, the space. They tried to fight the space sharks. I don't think anybody fights the space sharks. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, you don't fight sharks, bro. You, you, I don't think you try. Yeah, you try. I think that the space sharks fought the lamenters until they got bored, and then they just <laughs> killed them all. <laughs> and by all of them, I mean all of them. Like there was only like 150 lamenters left yes, after this. Indeed. Uh, and which then, is insane. Can I point out that the lamenters? They, did, they didn't just get law. They didn't just lose. They didn't just get their asses handed to them. They didn't, like, it's like they fought the bully, 
the bully beat them, stole their lunch money, and then went to the school to ensure that every day thereafter, the bully would just show up, and the kid would have to hand him his lunch money, or the bully would get to steamroll him again. And then the bully fucked his mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what, what happened, happened to the Lamenters. To the Lamenters during the Badab War. <laughs> yeah, so after this, they were told to go on a pentanip crusade, because yes. they weren't just outright slaughtered. Yes. Uh, because they fought with honor, they fought valiantly, as did the executioners, yeah. as did the Mantis warriors. Yeah. Um, all of the invested parties were kind of just allowed to chill afterwards. They were yeah. allowed to go on penitent crusades and kind of regain their honor. Um, except, obviously, the perpetrators of the war, the Astral Claws, yeah. who became basically Chaos Renegades. Yeah. Um, but the Lamenters were allowed to go on this... Um, I think there was, I think there was 300 of them after this because they were allowed yes. to call on their reserves. 300 of them um, total. Most of whom were wounded. Most of whom were wounded. Yes. They were told to just go in a direction, fight whatever you go, whatever direction you go, it'll take a, a hundred years, and then you're allowed to turn around and come back. Yes. Um, and then they sailed directly into High Fleet Leviathan. No, High Fleet Kraken. <laughs> I feel clack cracking. I get them confused. It's fine. Which is a massive fucking Tyranid fleet. <laughs> which is not good. They and got the shit kicked out of them. Three companies. They were brought down to, to like 100 men, which is a single company of men. Three companies. Uh, the last known and, census said that three companies remained total. Three, yeah, and you know they're not full companies. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what... That's what happens with the Lamenters. They're fine now, I think. By fine, I mean, like, they're still around. They haven't been wiped from existence yet. <laughs> uh, but they're not doing great. No. Nor are the Flesh Terrors, if I'm going to be completely honest. Okay, I just want to say, before, we, before you mention the thing about the Flesh Terrors, they, were, they didn't fight in the devastation, in the fight, the devastation of Baal. Because they right, didn't have enough the big dudes. Thing. Right. They literally were told to not come. Because they're like, you're going... S stop. Stop showing up. You're going to die. <laughs> so the flesh turns. So we could talk about the devastation of Ball now. Sure. Actually. Um, so the devastation of Ball, like we said, the Hive Fleet was coming in. The Tyranids were coming. They were invading. They were eating everything. And they were going. Uh -huh. uh, this culminated at the Battle of Ball, the Devastation of Ball. Right. Basically, a call went out to every single um, Blood Angel successor chapter right. to return to the homeland uh, and to defend Ball from the yes. Tyranids. And a shit ton of Marines showed up. This was like what happened at McCrag right. during the Second Tyrannic War. Yeah. Um, same kind of thing. Uh, where they all showed up. This is why they need to be legions, but we'll talk about that later, and then why I hate chapters. Yeah. Um, I think modern 40k is stupid because they basically took all the good things about 30k and the, the legion structure, and they fractured it, and they sent them off in a million different directions and said, good luck. Uh, but we could talk about that later. It pisses me off. Sure. Um, but they um, they show up, and they get the shit kicked out of them. I think something crazy like 4,000 marines died. Uh, during the devastation of Ball, which is four entire chapters, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's what happens. Uh, Cabanda comes back. Cabanda come back. Yep. Oh yeah. So this 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 fucking battle was so crazy. The tyrant the demons showed up to kill the tyranids because the demons said Cabanda said no. You better not eat the fucking blood angels because they're mine. I claimed them. I have right over their souls. So I want them to turn to chaos under me because I'm the new fucking, I'm the hot shit here. So the demons fought the fucking Tyranids while the Space Marines were fighting the Tyranids. It was nutty. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And also, yep. and then when all seemed lost, they were saved by the glorious Ultrasmurfs. Yeah, if well, you, that's if when... you can play the chant, we, we do not <laughs> legally have access to the sacred noise of the ultramarines so dear listeners imagine in your heads the sacred ultramarine chant for those of you who are russian saying the word soup really loudly for those yeah. of you who are not 
um, say ultra, just sing the theme song to the Smurfs, and you'll get about the same reaction. <laughs> it's about the same stuff. Yeah. Um, Bobby G was back. He showed up. He freed Ball because, of course, he did. He destroyed Leviathan. Allegedly. Yeah. And Kabanda apparently kicked the Tyranids' ass so hard that they that like there's an effigy made of the skulls of like dead lictors and like of dead lictors and stuff that is in the shape of his symbol. Which is kind of fucking baller, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is when Primaris were introduced. Um, the Bobby G. Reboot Gilliman came back with the Primaris Marines from Belisarius Call and that whole project and reinforced the Blood Angels and some of the successor chapters yeah. um, with new Primaris Marines, which right. are Super Space Marines, because we needed those, yeah. right? Because, uh, I don't know. GW was trying to very hard to not bring about the end times. Again. Yeah, again, again. (laughs) For like the third time. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, hey, the Legion of the Damned. Oh, those are just Deus Ex Machina in form. Yes. They were also there, yeah. They've showed up to every big engagement. Yes. They are literally just Deus Ex Machina. Like, that's all they are. They show up. They're ghosts, they're fire ghosts who yes. kill shit, and then they disappear again. Yes. Very cool. They're Ghost Rider Space Marines. There they are, yeah. Question. What is insanguination? I don't actually know. Because it says here that the blah 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 The aspirants were going um Oh, oh, I know what this is. They're locked into stasis pods for extended period, like, I don't know how long. I think it's like seven years or something. A year. Something stupid. A year, okay. And they're put in stasis deprivation after giving the gene seed, and they just fucking mutate into literally Chad Squidward while they're in the stasis pod. (laughs) They literally do them a Dracula. Just like, drink this blood, stay in this coffin, see you in a year, goodbye. That's exactly what it is. And, like, I think, I think, like, a third actually survive. Yeah. About a third. Not quite a third, but close enough for government work. Good enough for government work. (laughs) Uh, but other than that, I think that's Sanguinius, that's the Blood Angels, um, they're probably... We we forgot about, we forgot about Sanguinala. Oh, yes. Please continue. One moment. So, Sanguinala is the most sacred and holy of the Imperial days. All of the- of all of the days. It is the Roman feast Saturnalia, which actually- which is the pre-Christian tradition that became Christmas. Right. It's basically Christmas. But in like the grim dark 40k land. So that is the day where, you know, everyone from the richest planetary governor to the lowest of the hive scum all gather together and think about Sanguinius and his glorious hair and his glorious wings and the fact that he died for your sins. Yeah, Sanguinius literally became Christ. Yes. <laughs> He died for his father. For you know, he died on his father's wish. Yeah. Um, he wanted to raise the the lower man to a higher symbol. Yeah. Um, peace, love, happiness. Um, going to war with demons in space. Yep. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. <laughs> just like Jesus. If Jesus had access to like power metal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the Blood Angels are probably like the. I'm gonna say the runner-up for the most popular uh, in GW's eyes. Yeah. Um, so obviously the the Ultramarines sell the most. Um, the Blood Angels, I'd say, are the second. Um, with the Dark Angels coming third, and then maybe the fourth being Space Wolves. Ah. Yeah. That's a good. Because point. Blood Angels have their own have their own models. They have their own tank. It's called the Ball Devastator, I think. Ah. Um, 
they have the most books. They have actually uh, a lot of modern 40k books about like Mephiston, the the Lord of Death or whatever the fuck he's called. He's basically the the chief librarian of the Blood Angels chapter currently. Huh. He's like best friends with Dante, uh, and Dante obviously gets a lot of. Uh, Do we talk about Dante? We a little bit. We talked about how he's old and shit. Ah. Yeah. But he literally... Okay, so we could talk about Dante a little bit. Dante's only goal in life is to fucking die. <laughs> he just <laughs> wants to not be alive anymore. He is, he's been alive for so fucking long. Like, his organs are ready to fail, and they don't even... They, they can't even fail, because he's a goddamn space marine. But, yeah, Dante just wants to die... Um, he actually did die once, and he was met by Sanguinius at the pearly gates of heaven, and Sanguinius said, you better knock that shit off, get back in your body and suck it up like a man, and Dante said, fine, and went back to fighting. <laughs> it's like, like, he just appeared in heaven, and Sanguinius was just like, boy, you better get back in there, and he's like, but dad... I'm older than literally everyone. Okay. Uh, so actually, we should talk about something else now. Um, that the fact that after Sanguinius died, um, the malice of Sanguinius manifests itself as the black rage in all of his, uh, in all of his legionnaires and all of his sons. Yeah. Um, but there is also the other half of the the spirit of Sanguinius, right. which is called... The Sanguinor. The Sanguinar. Um, and the Sanguinar is literally just like the... It's like a force. It's like God on the mountaintop. <laughs> like, he just comes down and just either deletes the enemies of man, like, with a snap, or, like, has a pep talk with his sons. Um, and it's not... I, I guess it is confirmed that it is, in fact, the aspect of Sanguinius, but huh. um, it is a uh, contentious point on GW's part um, about how, like, what it is, actually. Um, whether it's just a manifestation of Sanguinala. You know how the warp works. It literally could just be a uh, imperial... It's the Christmas spirit. It's, yeah, it's the Christmas spirit made manifest. Because um, that's how the warp works. If enough people believe in something, it takes form in the warp. Yeah. And this is this could literally just be how the the blood angels see Sanguinius made manifest. Huh. So he is this holy, brilliant, bright figure of holiness and brightness and Wings. figureness. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very interesting to I think, think about. Yes. So closing thoughts. Uh, the, the Blood Angels are a very cool legion. They yes. have a lot of material written about them. Yes. Sanguinius is one of the coolest Primarchs, and I want to go to bed. Understandable. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Tune in whenever we upload next for whatever we upload next. I don't so know next anyway. one, what's today? That's not the question I wanted to ask. What are we talking about, Sanguinius? So the next one should be... Angron, I believe. I should be Angron. Yeah. Yeah, 11th is lost. 12th, I'm almost positive is Angron. It doesn't matter. It's, You're not it's here Angron. for professionalism. Nah, we don't do that here. I'm pretty sure it's Angron, so prepare to hear Anisius blow your eardrums out next time. Yeah. Next time I get to yell at Finland. Because we have oh, people, yes. hello people in Finland who are listening. We see time for all your four new, of you. Time for a new sketch, a new segment on your Battle Brother cast show called, uh, where is that listener from? <laughs> um, hello people from Finland, uh, which blows boggles my mind. Yeah. Uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, you Finns. I don't know how to interact with you. But we have thank no you jokes for listening. about your country. We have no jokes you about your country. You are the happiest it's, country in the world. We have nothing to say to you. As Americans, we have nothing to say to you. It snows. I'm glad it snows. Snow is beautiful. Yes. As are you. Hey, you. Hey, you, Finn. Yes. You're beautiful. Yes. We are. Th thank you for your listening. S share us with more, because we noticed that when we made the jokes about the people from New Zealand, our New Zealand listeners went off. <laughs> 
quite significantly. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doubled. So eventually we're gonna keep we're gonna keep making these jokes until we find out that someone's listening from like the Falcon Islands and then we will have no jokes. Believe it or not, we didn't actually think anybody was going to listen to this. Yeah. Um, especially now. <laughs> but you are. So thank, we thank you. you. We love you. Yes. We will see you next time. Ave Imperator. Ave Imperator.